0: Uh, thank you so much, Kelvin. Great to be back. Great to be here. If you're visiting us, um, the slight teasing is that I am a minister here and one of the ministers here, but I'm also playing a role for our denomination this year as uh, president of the Baptist Union and, and travelling uh, around. I want to thank you for your prayers um, this year, um, and particularly this term, which has been the busiest of terms. Uh, I'll say a little bit about that in a moment, but just in terms of our theme, um, we're starting our Christmas. Themes with the title Unexpected. You can see it on the banners, Unexpected Christmas, and then different aspects of Unexpected, and the word un in brackets, so that as we look at different aspects of the, of the Christmas message, some of it is to be expected, but we should always expect the unexpected as well, and some of the Christmas message and some of our ongoing journey has that unexpected aspect to it. And today, Calvin brought us that Isaiah 9 reading, where people are expecting a Messiah, and we'll we'll, put some other bits of that Isaiah 9 reading up as we go along. So if you want to follow it in the church Bible, you're welcome to. And within that, then, there is an unexpected promise of a Messiah, of one to come. As I say, I do want to thank you for your prayers. This term, it's been the busiest term. People who've done this role um, have said said it has been. I could show you hundreds and hundreds of pictures, but I thought you might always just picture us um, standing at the front and speaking and doing this, and it's often a lot more than that. I counted up um, this morning, and I think we've been to, um, let me get this right, to 30 different places this term. And and not always speaking, sometimes just to be there um, and represent the denomination. So for example, at somebody's commissioning to be head of Evangelical Alliance or at the Cenotaph um, on uh, Remembrance Sunday, but sometimes speaking more than once. So I think I've had to speak 50 times in those 30 different places um, this term. So we really do very much appreciate your prayers, sometimes with um, young people, top left interns, um, doing a year for God in various ways, sometimes um, over breakfast or coffee with leadership teams who sometimes bring their families, sometimes with other ministers, uh, sometimes people you just meet, and uh, sometimes colleges and people training for ministry. We've done a bit of that this term. Uh, Sometimes whole areas and regions, associations, and trying to support and encourage them, and often with churches. Taking the message, where do we grow from here? Asking people to consider and pray that, and including some of our story here, not trying to come in an arrogant way that we have all of the answers, but that trying other ways of gathering has been key for us, And that might spark some ideas for them. And emphasizing people's whole lives, not just their Sunday life, has been key for us. And that might well be a key for a whole bunch of different churches. one of the last churches that we went to, we were in uh, South Wales, we got, um, almost got delayed first of all by some, going to one big, uh, bigger church with some traffic jam on the M4 and then going to a smaller church with some sheep blocking the road, just to feel the stereotype of South Wales. Um, and I was talking um, on the Saturday night to, to one of the ministers, and he got his phone out, and I like a gadget, and uh, it wasn't a phone I recognised, so I said to him, "Oh, is that, is that a Samsung, because I've got an iPhone, and I didn't recognise it, no. Is it, like, um, is it a Motorola, I didn't recognise it, and, and uh, no. Is it a Huawei, I said, trying to remember how to pronounce it, and he said, no, I said, what is it? He said, It's an Elliphone. Has anybody got an Elliphone? Nobody? Okay, so apparently Elephone you can buy on eBay and Amazon. It's one of those kind of cheaper um, Chinese makes, but looks really cool and trendy. It looked like a great phone. And he said it's got, a, it's got a great logo. It's an amazing kind of logo. I don't know quite what it means. So here's Elephone. Here's the back of his Elephone. And I'll just put the words, um, you, you might be too small to see there, a little bit larger of their logo and of their motto. Keep expecting and be surprised. Keep expecting and be surprised. Now, that's pretty much what we're saying with our Christmas messages this year. There's enough to keep expecting, there's enough to depend on, but along the way, be surprised. So today we're looking at the unexpected promise that a deliverer, a rescuer is coming. We can expect that, but, we'll, but there are some surprises along the way with the Christmas message. Mary is expecting, but in a surprising way. I think we can all agree on that. <clears throat> the shepherds have an unexpected visit, but what happens to them when they go and visit the baby Jesus is exactly as expected in terms of what was predicted. The magi are expecting a king but the type of king he is and where he arrives isn't what they are expecting, and so on and so on. Right up to and including all of our lives, where we can expect and should expect a whole bunch of things from our saviour and rescuer, but there's some unexpected things along the way too, and that's very much part of the journey. A key thing for us to get hold of right at the start of December I think is that we really believe this expected and unexpected mix is a great message for those not currently in the room. Your friends and your family. Now some of them you know will be coming to our Christmas messages so you can already be praying about that and for some of them it depends on a good and prayerful invitation. So we should all be thinking and praying about that. Please don't Say somebody's no for them, you know. Just pre-decide that they're going to say no. Your friend, your mate, your member of your family. Please don't pre-decide that this isn't their style, because God can work over and above their preferred style, and over and above the songs and the and the, some content of our services, and it be more than the sum of the parts, and still speak to them. If we give our best prayerful invites, then amazing things will happen. So that's a key thing for us to be thinking about as we think about this expected and unexpected mix. So this morning, the unexpected promise, which ends in Calvin's reading with these words, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is just one example of lots of others that we could have picked when you look at the Old Testament promises of a rescuer, of a Messiah. A Messiah being the Old Testament word for uh, Christ. The Greek um, word for Messiah is Christ. In the Jewish scriptures, there are so many predictions of this rescuer coming. Several dozen major predictions predictions of this rescue are coming and we could have picked any number of them to illustrate this point that we can expect it and there will be unexpected along the way so Isaiah 61 this rescue will, will bring good news to the oppressed, will bind up the brokenhearted, will proclaim liberty to the captives and release for the prisoners. In Deuteronomy God will raise up a prophet for you like Moses from among your own people. From Genesis and Jeremiah we get some of his ancestry, a descendant of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob from the tribe of Judah and from the house of David. From Micah, we get the place of his birth. From elsewhere, we get that he will suffer and die uh, for the sins of Israel, including in in Isaiah. And then in this bit, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. What you have then is enough that people can not just expect this rescuer to come, but they can kind of recognize him when he's there in the sense that there's there's so much detail it's like a fingerprint. So if somebody else is claiming to be the rescuer and the Messiah that the Old Testament is talking about, you can test it against this list, and it's so detailed that nobody else could fully match up to it. In fact, the list of predictions is so detailed that when we look at it, and we can compare Jesus against it, it can't be chance, and it can't be spin, and it can't be acting. It can't be chance that Jesus happens to meet all of those criteria because there's just too many predictions, too many major prophecies with too much detail that we can rule chance out clearly, and many historians have when they've looked at it. It can't be spin, now spin's a popular word in election time, isn't it, or an unpopular word in the sense that people have retold the story to make it look like Jesus fits this story. Because at the time that the New Testament writers are writing, other people don't believe in Jesus and they could simply just be also writing that Jesus didn't meet these criteria and they're making it up. And it can't be acting in the sense that Jesus saw the prophecies and decided he would just try and live his life in a way that fulfilled the prophecies. Because so many of them are not the sort of thing that you can just live your life out in such a way that you you tick that box. You can't tick the box of being born in Bethlehem in an acting way. That just is something that happens to you. And many more. So we can depend on them for that reason. So the book of Isaiah. During Isaiah's lifetime, the northern kingdom of Israel was in decline. And the Assyrian empire was expanding. And the people of Israel had persistently engaged in disobedience to God in idolatry and in just walking away from him and they were soon to be conquered by the Assyrians and their kings. Judah in the southern kingdom was also sinning against God after the destruction of the northern kingdom and Isaiah's main ministry was to warn the people of Judah, this southern kingdom, that a similar judgment would come upon them if they did not turn from their sins. Now, you can break the book of Isaiah into numerous different ways, in two parts, in three parts, some people would say more parts than that. And however you break it up, though, what mostly happens is that the first bit carries some of the warnings and judgment. Then there is a middle bit with some kind of history and a particular historic interlude taking place from chapters 36 to 39, And then from then onwards, it's mostly, or a major part of it, is about prophecy and this redemption, this rescue story. I say that just because this bit that we have, Isaiah 9, is a little bit unusual in that sense because it's in the bit that is mostly about warnings and even in that warning and darkness, there is this light message, this message of hope for all of us. Our passage comes within that bit. So, Where is, if this is about unexpected Christmas, where is the expected element in this message? And where is the unexpected element in the Christmas message? You know, I I wonder sometimes, Sue and I wonder when we go and visit um, all these different churches, are we what they are expecting? You know, when they're expecting the president of the Baptist Union to come, that doesn't feel like me. And I'm wondering whether that's what they were expecting. I was greatly relieved by one of my predecessors. Um, his name's Chris Duffett. And he's even less what people might be expecting, I think, if you know. Chris is an artist. He definitely doesn't kind of dress up for the occasion in particular. And he told me of one occasion when he got there early for a church and he was properly asked to sit down and be quiet because the president was coming that day. LAUGHTER He absolutely isn't what people are expecting. And yet he's brilliant. And people could have missed out if their expectations had dictated everything about what they were open to. That's our message this year. Our expectations can mean that we can miss out. So where is the expected element in Isaiah 9 and where is the unexpected element? Well, it says, nevertheless. Um, So it's in the middle of this darkness and difficulty and warning bit. And then it says, the people have seen a great light. And then it gives us some prophecies that we can expect. But one thing you may have noticed, you may not have noticed, it's it's an Old Testament device, but I think it's there so that we can depend on this and and expect it, is that sometimes in a prophecy, in a prediction about the future, Um, The writer wants us to know that we can be so confident of it that he puts it in the past tense, even though it's a future prediction. It's like we can already bank on this. So I've put some of that in bold for you. It's something that's going to happen, but the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. We can depend on this. We can expect on it. Um, of those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned you have enlarged the nation so he's writing to God's people the Jewish people but saying this is going to be bigger than that pointing towards maybe what they're not expecting yet that it will include Gentiles and people of all nations for as in the day of Midian's defeat you have shattered already the the yoke uh, that burdens them the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. The point is we can depend on this. It's something that we can absolutely expect in that sense. So where where then is the unexpected element in Isaiah chapter 9? Within the words, and he will be called wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace, I've underlined for us and emphasized the word wonderful. Why does it say wonderful counsellor? Not fantastic counsellor, not unique counsellor or great counsellor or brilliant counsellor? Many possible reasons and some people would say that that, that we shouldn't put uh, them as as one category. It might be be wonderful counsellor. We don't have commas in the Hebrew so it's hard to tell. It doesn't particularly matter in terms of what I'm saying. But within the word wonderful is wonder, obviously, in the sense of you weren't expecting it. In fact, if you look at the definition of the word wonderful, it carries the idea of being astonished. And so within the word wonderful, counsellor, is already the prediction that we won't be able to fully expect everything that happens. We've sung and we'll sing the song Adore. You step down from heaven is wonderful. Humbly you came is full of wonder. God of creation here with us is astonishing. In a starlit manger, Emmanuel is astonishing. Wise men and shepherds are referred to and their inclusion in this story is astonishing. Within the message then is the idea of wonder for all of us and the idea that there is the unexpected in this message for all of us. All I really want to say today then is that before we pray and think about that being a message for somebody else within the idea that we can expect it and that there's the unexpected along the way that that remains the truth for all of us. That's certainly been true for us this year, this term and this month. Whenever we've been um, to other churches uh, it's been a huge privilege to do so they often ask us how how we can how they can pray for us <clears throat> and we often ask them to pray for you and so we say do you know do pray for our home church churches baptist church pray that they're better off without us we say um, ho 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 trying to trying to look humble but actually meaning it as well and um, and they say oh that's great we'll pray that the way that that is coming true now is not how we expected it to be true and yet we still believe it's the right prayer as we journey with God, there is the thing, there are things that we can expect on, expect on, things that we can expect, but we must expect the unexpected. Otherwise, God will be so small that he's our own construct, and our journey will be dull and boring and not what he intends for us. Maybe your journey in this last year has had significant unexpected elements. Mine has. Maybe next year will be so for many of us. If so, it's true to his character, to God's character. What we have is enough to go on today to trust him. And to trust him into the unexpected of tomorrow. If we live with the confidence of the expected and the unexpected, we're on the right track. If we live believing we'll know all of the next steps, we can miss out on the hope that Jesus has for us. just want to pause and pray about that. I've got more notes here, but that may be all I need to say. So let's pray. So let's just consider this that that we have enough to go on to expect God to be with us as He promises to be, both now and for all eternity when we turn to Him with the help and hope and rescue offered through Jesus. But we should expect the unexpected. Just as God's people had a promise, but it wasn't entirely how they would have written the script. So too for us. Our God knows delightful long cuts rather than shortcuts so often that we have to learn to trust him in. So may it be this year that we trust you in the unexpected elements. and that we depend on the fact that we have more, enough, more than enough to go on to expect you to be with us now and into eternity. Amen.